Anyway, I'm so glad all of you are here today. And if you're a first-time guest, I'm so glad to have you here, part of our church family. And we know that you're going to be blessed, amen, that you're not here by accident. The Holy Spirit always leads and guides us, doesn't he? So amazing. So I am uh, finishing up our series on selfless, our four-week series on selfless. And um, this has been an interesting series for me because God has really challenged me to challenge our body to become selfless. And uh, how many know it can be hard to teach sometimes on we're being selfish? (laughs) It almost seems negative, but God really wants to change our thinking and our internal belief system that we have become a very selfish culture, unfortunately, because of the times that we live in with social media. And it seems like we need to get more and more and more to be happy, and it's all about us and where I want to go and where I need to take my family. And God wants us to unearth that and remember that we are here for kingdom purpose. Amen. We are here for the lost. We're here to be a light in a shining, a shining light in a dark world. And so I realized that changing our way of thinking and changing our pattern of life doesn't happen overnight. Amen. I got a gym membership about two years ago. I have stepped foot in there once. And that was without gym clothes, gym clothes just to see the facility. So how many know it takes a little bit to actually get into the gym and discipline yourself? And so I realized that changing our nature is not going to happen overnight, but God wants us to prepare ourselves for what he's about to do here on earth. Amen. There is a great revival coming to the nation, America, I believe the world, and the harvest is so right and ready. And God wants to undo our thinking about ourselves and become others conscious so that we're aware when the harvest is time to come in. So you can listen to the last three weeks online. You can download our church app like Dr. Paul mentioned. Listen to all our teachings for free. Watch it um, also on our website. And I encourage you to do that so you can put all the messages together so it makes sense. But this morning, I want to get right into the last part of this series, and it's called Grateful in the Grind. And I really felt like this was important to be a part of our series because if we're not learning to be happy where we're at right now, God can never take us where we need to go. And there's something so important in the moment that we're in, amen? There's something where God wants to challenge us and grow us and equip us in this moment right now, even though it's a moment you may not want to be in. Maybe you're here in this place in your life where you didn't ask for it. Maybe it was dealt to you, and you're kind of wondering what's going on. But by the end of our message this morning, you're going to realize that you can be happy in every moment that you're in. And God has graced you with everything that you need to make it through this season, amen? And unfortunately, especially being in in ministry, there's always this illusion that the thing that's going to make me happy is around the corner. You know, like where I'm at right now is bad and it's not good and I need to change. So what's really going to make me happy is around the corner. What's going to have meaning is still just ahead. God, when is the next going to happen in my life? And we've heard that preached before. You're the next. God says, you're next. And we all go, hallelujah. You have favor. Hallelujah. But what happens with that, that's great messages, but what happens is we are constantly trained to think that I'm not happy now, but I'm expecting for what's next. And then what happens is the next never comes because the next really has problems in itself too. The next has situations too. So we're always looking to what's next and we're never finding joy and contentment in the moment. We think that if something happened here, right, when something happens, then I can be happy. When my marriage is changed, then I can be happy. If I made more money, when I make more money, then I can be happy. And God wants to change that mentality that where you're at right now has joy in it. 
Where you're at right now has a reward in it. Where you're at right now, God is teaching and training and equipping you. There's something going on underneath that God wants you to capture in the now so that you are ready for the next. And what happens is if we don't prepare in the now when you're unhappy, you're unsatisfied, you didn't ask for it, you'll never get the next because you'll never be prepared for it. And then we have disillusioned Christians, we have disappointed people who fall away from God, fall out of the church, and they think God did something, and in fact, God's like, no, I need you to be grateful in the grind. I need you to find joy and contentment every day when you get up. And how many know that's not easy? It's not easy to do, is it? Because we're looking for the when-then moment. When is my life going to start? Like in in ministry, I was looking for when is this really gorgeous man going to walk into my life? And when he does, then I'll do ministry, amen? And guess what? All these years later, if I'd have waited for then, I didn't when, I'd have never been in the then now, amen? You got to find contentment and peace and joy and find purpose in the moment that you're in. And it's there, but you have to weed through all of your emotions and your feelings to find what God has in this moment right now, amen? Your life is never going to be more amazing than it is right now more satisfying than it is right now. Why? Because you have Jesus. You have the great I am. You have the creator of the universe living on the inside of you. You're breathing the promises of God. You have the yes and amen God in your life. Amen. So we can wake up and have joy every single day knowing that God is with me. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know some of us, we may wake up and single people think, oh man, when I get married, then I'll be happy. All my problems will go away if I could just get married. (laughs) Just have a five-minute conversation with the married folk in this church. You'd be like, thank you, Jesus. He didn't put a ring on it. I'm so thankful he did not put a ring on it yet. Amen? Why? Because with married life, yes, you want to be married. And single people live to be married, but then marriage has its issues too. Learn to be happy single. Learn to be fulfilled single. Serve Jesus. Win people to Jesus. Take your time you're having. Minister to teenagers, right? Mentorship. You've got all the time in the world right now, single people. You can be happy in Jesus. Amen? Whatever it is, you know, and then you think, oh, I get married, like, man, if I just had a kid, my first kid's going to make me so happy when I have my kid, right? And then you realize I got no time, I got no money, I got no sleep. When they're going to go to school, when they're going to college, right? We're always looking for the next thing around the corner, then that's going to make me happy. And then you wake up 15, 20 years later, and you go, I may have achieved it, and yet I'm still not happy. Why? Because God's in the moment, and the world wants us to keep looking into the tomorrows, wishing. What happens is we, when we're in a situation that we're not happy in, we wish this situation away. We wish it away. So we live the entire moment of this season that can find happiness in it, and we're just unhappy wishing it would go away. Perfect example was one of my friends many years ago, and she had been married for five years, and the whole time they tried to get pregnant. And I know when you're young married, you want to start your family, and it's so wonderful. But what happened was for five years, she was at every altar call praying, I need to get pregnant, weeping. Why isn't God doing that for me? Feeling left out, watching other families have children and all of this. And five years, she missed the joy of the moment of being married, starting her house, being with her husband. Yeah, wanting this, but missing the 
five years. And then when she got that baby, she's like, okay now. I wish I had some of my time back, right? She realized that she missed all those years of being happy, desiring something, but being fulfilled in Christ, knowing that this season will pass, but I'm going to find joy in the moment so I don't miss what God has. And maybe that delay was to be a ministry to other people. Maybe that baby needed to be born at such a time as this. We don't know the whys. You may never know the answer, but God knows. So we have to trust God in every season, every time, in every way, and find joy in it. Amen? We've got to wake up happy every day, right? Your blessing is just around the corner. Amen? But we think that that blessing, we think that that something, fill in the blank, whatever it is, is going to make you happy. If I just had that achievement, if I just had that recognition on the job, if they just promoted me, right? If I just had that vacation of a lifetime and I could just be with my family. And we think all of those things are going to make us happy on the inside. But we realize that what? Just around the corner is simply just another challenge we're going to face. Just around the corner is another goal or dream that I'm going to want to achieve, right? Just around the corner is another perceived desire that maybe will never come to pass. Culture says we need to satisfy ourselves, get what I want. Social media says I need to get it all, get what belongs to me, treat myself. It's all about me, 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 me. But God said, and we've learned over the last three weeks, Jesus said, deny yourself, It's not about more for us, more for my family, more for my way. It's more for Jesus. He said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, symbolizing that it's not about you. It's not about, and does God want us to enjoy life? Yes, he gave us this world to enjoy. But you understand what I'm saying, the perception that it all has to be about me. Jesus said, no, it's going to become others conscious. We're coming into a season in the kingdom where it's not about us. It's not even about the four walls of this church. It's a bigger picture of the kingdom kingdom of God? Who can I look around in my season and give to? Who can I look around in this season and love on? Even though I'm going through something, I'm going to give love away. I'm going to share Jesus with somebody. I'm going to buy maybe a little bag of groceries for someone. I'm going to do something for someone else than living for myself. Because when you're giving away, you are more happier than when you're trying to self-indulge and take it upon yourself. Why? Because God created us to be givers. Amen. He said, then if you want to be a disciple, pick up your cross, then follow me. We are followers of Jesus, aren't we? And in every season, you can find joy in that. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this. I love, we're going to talk a little bit about the Apostle Paul this morning and and his incredible journey that we find in the Word of God. Um, But he said in 1 Corinthians 10.31, he said, whatever you do, I want everybody to repeat that out loud with me. Whatever you do, keep reading, do it for the glory of God. He's saying whatever you are doing right now, not what you want, not in the future, but what are you doing right now? It may seem insignificant. It may seem like it has no value, but you're going to say, God, your word says that what I'm doing, I'm doing for your glory. I'm doing for your honor. I'm going to be the best employee on the job. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to break strife and division. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to have character. I'm going to have integrity. I'm doing it to Jesus. My boss may be crazy, but I serve a higher power. I serve Jesus, and he's my boss. Amen? Whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, I'm going to do it to Jesus in your marriage. You're doing your marriage for Jesus. 
You're working on your marriage for Jesus. You're honoring, you're respecting and loving one another for what? The glory of God. You're working unto Jesus. And when you know you're serving Jesus, everything else can line up in your life. Amen? You can do it for Jesus. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God, even if it feels insignificant. Listen, you may be doing some things in your life that seems that is beneath you, maybe beneath your um, pay scale level, beneath your education level, whatever it is you're struggling with, you do it as unto the Lord, and you watch the Lord promote you and find favor in your life. Why? Because you're saying, God, I'm not living for my own, but I'm going to live for you, amen? I know there was times in my life in ministry, I remember when I was 20 years old, and many of you know my story, I worked for the church for free, my dad got a really good deal on me, and so he told me, he built a building and he said, I want you to, uh, I want you to man the phones, and I want that phone, every time it rings, I want you to answer it. So here I am, 20 years old, sitting in a dark building in a little bitty office, and that phone sitting there, and it wasn't social media, so that thing never rang, you know, but if anybody knows Bishop, he's like, you're going to answer that phone if anybody, you know calls. And so here I am, 20 years old, and in my mind, I could have went, what am I doing here? I'm 20 years old. I'm young. I should be on a beach somewhere. There's a mall calling my name. Amen. I'm not getting any money. But you know what? Bible says, count it all joy. Work heartily as unto the Lord, not as unto man. I'm not trying to please man. I'm not trying to please my dad. I'm not trying to please nobody. I'm pleasing Jesus in the season that I'm in. So I told my dad, I said, well, if I got to be here all day, then I want you to get a, a 20 or 50 foot telephone cord and attach it to the phone. And I took that phone into our sanctuary because it was close to the office, and I put it down, and I said, I'm going to walk and pray all day long. I'm going to pray for people to be saved, people to be healed, people to be delivered. I'm going to pray for our city. I'm going to pray for the income, and all day long, I gave glory to Jesus. You can find joy in whatever season that you, you are in. Amen? Find purpose in the season that you're in. Whatever you do, give glory to God. And I remember right before we launched the church, I had a year or two that I was working in Beloit, Wisconsin, little bitty city. Pastor Paul, would it have 50,000 at the time, maybe? It's a little bitty town. Not even then. How many? 17,000 at that time? Wow, little bitty city. I couldn't find a job. So the only thing I could do is work for a temp service. And so here I am. I ended up being a mail person. As you know, I delivered mail in Winter, Wisconsin. I ended up in these little bitty jobs organizing stuff. Then I ended up working for a hockey company. And this little boss I didn't like at all, she annoyed me like crazy. And she had to teach me how to do a filing system and the green folder, then the vanilla folder, then alphabetize it. Then you had to type the little tab. And the whole time I'm going, this is stupid. What does this have to do with the calling of God in my life? Seriously, I'm like, this is so stupid. But guess what? I learned to file. I learned to put that green, green folder in there, then that manila. And I, I did it with excellence. And I had a heart of joy. And I shared Jesus with all the hockey players, you know. I loved on the people. Little did I know, my dad would come to me and say, listen, you're going to launch the office at Faith Builders in Beloit, Wisconsin. I launched an office that I had no idea how to do except for the tent jobs. See, you don't know what you're in right now that's training you for where God wants to take you. We try to get out of the moment. I don't like this. This isn't where it's supposed to be. I'm not happy. But God knows why you're there. God knows why you're in that moment because he's building something in you. Character, integrity, patience, faithfulness, endurance. I don't know what it is, but God knows. And when the next season comes, you'll walk right into it ready to go. Amen. Quit trying to wriggle out of the moment that you're in. Count it all joy. 
and be saying, Jesus, I'm going to sweep the floors for you. Jesus, I'm going to make those sales calls for you. Jesus, I'm going to do the laundry for my crazy kids for you. I'm going to work heartily unto you, Jesus, to give you all the glory. And when you can do that, man, you realize that your victory is in the right now. Your reward is today. Your prize is today. Every step I take is a step of purpose. Every step, this is a step of purpose. God, this day belongs to you. Tomorrow belongs to you. And you're getting closer and closer to what's around the corner, but you're enjoying today. You're having victory today. You're winning somebody to Jesus today. You're loving on somebody as you're greeting at the door today. You're taking care of those babies in the nursery and singing Jesus over them today until whatever God has next. And I'm going to tell you, when the next come, you'll be like, oh, cool. It's not like you're going to be like, oh, thank you, Jesus, I got the next thing. No, when the next comes, you walk right into it. And it's not like this, I've arrived. No, it's the next season of God. There's no moment. You don't get to a moment where you're happy. There's no like supernatural, now I'm really happy. I got the best marriage, now I'm really happy. No, you can have everything and still be unhappy. Why? Because God wants us to deny ourselves. Your moment has joy in it, amen? And it may be painful, and it may be difficult, and it may be challenging, but if you can flip the switch and say, God, I'm gonna live this moment for you, you watch and see what the Lord will do in your life. That moment will end quicker than if you try to wrestle in it and be frustrated and be discouraged all the time. Amen, say, Lord, I'm gonna learn whatever I need to learn in this moment. If I got to debt here, how did I get here? And I'm never gonna do it again, amen? I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to crucify my flesh. Right? I'll share with you. I was in debt, gosh, this was 20 years, 15 years ago or so. But I had so much debt. It was overwhelming me. It was really taking my breath away. And the Lord told me, he says, I want you to, I, and I love to bless people. I was making money at the time, and I wanted to buy things. And the Lord says, I don't want you to spend a dime except tithe and then my necessities to pay my rent and stuff. You know how hard that was to discipline myself? No vacations, no trip to the malls. No mani-pedis. That was hard, right? But when I got my money in order, when I knew the right thing to do and God honored it, then a year later, God gave me an opportunity to make a little money and pay that credit card off. God gave me a speaking engagement. I was able to pay that credit card off, right? When you do what's right in the moment, instead of being frustrated with it, being discouraged about it, learn from it, strategize around it, get a plan from God, amen? Otherwise, you're going to wake up 10 years in the same situation that you've been in because you didn't do anything to change it. Amen? Say, Lord, prepare me, Lord, change me, Lord, grow me, Lord, mature me, give me wisdom and direction for what I'm to do next, amen? Because how many want what's around the corner? Amen. But we're going to enjoy what we have right now, amen? So let me ask you three questions this morning. What if, what if the work, the work that you're doing is the actual reward? You don't know what labor is going on in your life that is actually rewarding you on the other side. What if the prize is the process? What if this process right now really has the victory attached to it and we're trying to run from it? What if you can be grateful in the grind, amen? Whatever we do can find fulfillment when we do it all for the glory of God. You can find fulfillment in your life. Let me share with you 1 Corinthians 15 this morning. And this is a very vulnerable part of Paul's life as he, as he writes this Scripture verse, he's being very transparent and very real. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 through 10, it says this, 
for I am the least of the apostles. Imagine how he felt about himself. He didn't grow up, he grew up uh, killing Christians. He was like the modern day ISIS. He hated Christians, was killing them and torturing them and and uh, lived a very hateful life. And he said, but then he got converted to, converted to Christ. He said, I'm the least of the apostles, and I don't even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Verse 10, but the grace of God, by the grace of God, I am what I am. See, he wasn't anything. He had no value, no worth, no importance, but he's saying, but now I'm preaching the gospel. Now I'm doing what I'm doing because of the grace of God. I am who I am because I encountered Jesus. See, when you encounter Jesus and you know who he is and he transformed your heart, now you find joy in the simple things. When you know that Jesus is your provider, Jesus is the one that's making a way where there seems to be no way. Whatever persecution, whatever trial, whatever disappointment, you can have joy. Why? Because God's grace is the only thing that's going to get me through. My anger, my frustration, I tried all that. That did me no good. But I am winning today because of the grace of God that changed my life, changed my heart. You have God's grace today to make it through everything you're struggling with. And we need to be like Zerubbabel when he shouted to that mountain, grace, grace. He spoke to that mountain, not in fear and anger and frustration. He said, the grace of God will be laid against you and level you mountain. We need to shout grace, grace into our marriages, grace into our finances, grace into the place that you're employed with, grace into your children's lives, amen? Grace into your businesses. Do it for the glory of God. He said, I am who I am because of the, uh, because, and his grace, keep going, his grace to me was not without effect. See, God's grace changed Paul, changed his name from Saul which was his Jewish name, really, to Paul, which is his Hebrew or Greek name. Paul was the name called by God. He said, it was his grace that made, changed me who I am today. God can change you in every situation that you're in, amen? It's his grace. And sadly, there's so many Christians, unfortunately, that have not embraced that grace to transform and touch our hearts so that you can be changed by his power. And if you're here this morning and you haven't received his grace to really touch your heart and let him be that transformation in your heart, you need to invite him in and say, Lord, I give you permission. I give you permission into my heart. I need your grace. I need your love, amen. I need your forgiveness. I am hurting and I am lonely and my life is out of order. I need your grace, God. You need to be like Paul and say, I want your grace to have effect in my life. I don't want to live this life and have no effect or change in my life at all. We want to be changed and transformed by the Lord. Amen. He goes on to say, which is seven words I want to focus on this morning. He said, no. He said, I work harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that is with me. So the seven words he said, he says, I work harder than them all. And when you read that, it almost sounds like Paul's being arrogant, doesn't he? Like, I work harder than you all. Like, I should have all the favor. I should have the promotion. But I don't believe he's saying that. I think he's stating a fact. Like, listen, when it gets tough, I push a little harder. 
I'm going to work harder. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. When all hell's coming against me, they may fall away, but I'm not going to fall away because I'm going to work a little bit harder. I'm going to study the scriptures of old so that when God calls me to bring the greatest revival the church has ever known, I'm going to have the word already hidden in my heart. Amen. He was already doing it in advance. So whatever season you're in, grow in this season. Amen. If you want to get to work and show up early and work hard and have integrity, that's preparing for the the next season that God has for you. And Paul, when God called on him, he was ready. Why? Because he worked harder than them all. Not by his own ability, but by the grace of God. He said, God, I'm going to get through this hell because of your grace. When they beat me and they dragged me out of this city and left me for dead, your grace kept me alive. When the snake, re- when I reached down and the snake grabbed me and bit me, I shook it off and said, that thing has no power over me. I have the grace of God. I, Paul had every reason to quit and give up. He said, but I do it unto Jesus. Everything I do, no matter what comes against me, I'm going to find Jesus in the middle of it all. Amen. And when you do that, and listen, Paul had a, to me, a depth of sacrifice that he made when he converted to Christ. He said, my life is not my own. And we see that example throughout his whole journey, his whole story in the word of God. He didn't live for himself anymore. He wasn't discouraged when he should have been discouraged. If you study the scriptures, right, he didn't wish his current season away. He found God in the middle of it. If you study the story when he was put in prison, you didn't didn't hear Peter in scripture say, well, God, when you get me out of prison, then I'll go back to doing something for you. See, so many of us, even myself, we'd get in prison. We'd be in fear or bondage or disappointment or whatever it is. And we said, well, God, when you get me out of this, I'll give you glory. But he didn't do that. In prison, he won people to Jesus. He's like, yo, I'm chained next to you. There's rats everywhere, but let me tell you about Jesus. He can break these chains up. We're going to worship him. Ready? Midnight hour. We're going to sing how great thou art or whatever. He didn't let his imprisonment get him down. He should have been discouraged. He should have said, God, where are you? He said, no, I'm going to use this moment to give glory to God. And not only that, he said, hey, give me a pen and paper because I'm of encouragement. A man imprisoned. He said, I've got to encourage somebody else. See, when you're going through something, give love away. Send somebody a note. Send them a text. Write them a Facebook post. Let's get out of ourselves. We get so indulged with our own imprisonment, and we need to be giving love away. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil's going to keep you locked up in all that junk you're going through to make sure your mouth is shut from being the power of God to a lost and dying world. You see how he works? No, I'm going to give glory to God in this prison cell, and I'm going to shout praises. I'm going to take my telephone cord, Jesus, and I'm going to give praises to you until the situation changes. Amen? The grace of God. So much happened to Peter. He was shipwrecked. If you study the scriptures, he was shipwrecked over and over again. He's following Jesus. He converted his life. Shouldn't life be perfect when we're following Jesus after all? And his ship gets wrecked again, destroyed in the middle of the ocean. You know what? Peter didn't say, why did God let me down? Where's God at? How come he would allow my ship to wreck and, and, and sink? And we don't know the friends that he lost or the goods that he was traveling with. We don't know what he lost. But you know what he said? You know what? Praise God, we're still alive. I'm still breathing air. God must be with us. Let's keep on going. 
See, that's the God that lives in us. You can make it through anything. Life's blows because God lives in your life, amen? God's grace can get you through that. Barnabas, another thing with Paul, Barnabas, his best friend, his missionary, left him. There was a split between the two while they were on a missionary journey. They got offended with one another. And now Paul finds himself all by himself on this missionary journey. He didn't say, man, I, I quit Christians. I'm so sick and tired of this mission trip. I am hungry. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't get nobody to follow me. Nobody wants to sacrifice with me. We don't find that in Paul. He went on the journey and continued sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. He took a city that didn't have one Christian and converted one believer, created a church, and raised leaders in that city in the middle of being abandoned by his best friend. So you can find purpose in every situation if we choose to, amen? How many don't like, don't like Paul now? You're like, dang, I thought, I thought uh, Esther was hard to live up to. <laughs> it's hard to live up, right? Whatever you do, we're going to give glory to God. I don't know how this applies in your life today. You know, there's young mothers in here, and there may be something that you desire. You know, you have your own desires and passions, and now you're a young mother. That baby is now your mission, that baby is your wow for right now. You're going to raise them and love them and nurture them. And that season will go so quickly. And we don't want to miss that moment that you have to nurture the next generation of believers. Amen. The next generation of, of young people who will usher in a revival. Being a mom is one of the greatest calls that God could give you to entrust you to raise your children. So be content in that. Find joy in that. Amen. You may find yourself in jobs you don't like, in situations you don't like. Say, God, I'm going to give you glory in this situation. Amen. What we need to do is wake up every day and say, God, I'm declaring that this task, whatever it is, as mundane or unimportant as it may seem, I'm going to give glory to you. I'm declaring this is the day that you have made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will go to my job, and I will have joy. I will be light in a dark world. When I walk in as a believer, I'm going to change the atmosphere of that, of that workplace, amen? When I walk out to the world, favor is going to follow me because I'm choosing to receive the joy of this moment. God's word is going with me. God's power is going Going with me. God's spirit is going with me. Amen. I have the resurrected power of God living in me everywhere I go. And every step that I take will change the atmosphere of every situation that I'm in. And I'm going to give shout to joy until that situation changes in my life. I'm not going to lose my joy. I'm not going to lose my peace. I'm not going to walk away from friendships. I'm not going to leave my church. I'm not going to leave my post. I'm going to have favor on my job until it changes in my life. Why? Because I'm working to God, amen? I'm working unto God. Then suddenly you'll wake up and realize that God is really on your side. I want to give you three enemies of true reward this morning, three enemies that will come, away, come against you in this moment that you may find yourself in. Number one, it's called, I call it the pillow. It's the seduction of comfort. See, the world would say, just be comfortable, especially in Arizona. We live in these brick walls, like our backyards are brick walls. I come from the Midwest where all the neighbors shared the yards. We all had the same grass. You actually like to say hi to one another, maybe grill out or whatever. You knew your neighbors. Not Arizona, right? But in this time we live in, we're, we're all about ourselves, right? I just want to be comfortable. What makes me happy? Maybe you got a house, but that house isn't good enough. I need that big walk-in closet, right? Or maybe I need the heated floors now. I, I need to be comfortable. I need what's next. I'm not really happy with what I have. I'm going to share this story with you. When 
uh, back in when the economy was booming in Arizona and the home, homing industry was huge right now at that time. Houses were selling, the uh, industry was booming. All of my friends at that time were making all kinds of money. I mean, all kinds of money. And they were buying these beautiful mansions. I mean, I'm talking mansions with spiral staircases. And, and so my friend um, invited me over to see, see her house, and she was married. And, and so I walked in, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this place was, like, gorgeous. And at that time, I had just moved here, so I was transitioning. I had a cute little apartment, you know, way uh, East Mesa, and I walk into her mansion. And how many know sometimes that can kind of be like, whoa, what's going on, Jesus, you know? They got this awesome, I'm serving you, I'm in ministry, and I, you know, you start comparing yourself a little or whatever, and all of a sudden, they're telling me their story, and, and they've got this mansion, and she's like, yeah, I travel here, and I have to do this meeting, and I have to go there during the week, and my husband goes here and travels to that meeting, goes here during the week, and the whole time I'm listening to them, I'm going, wait a minute, you built your whole life to build this moment, and you're not even here to enjoy it. You're off so busy trying to pay the bill for it that your marriage is suffering from it. And I remember looking at their beautiful backyard, had this gorgeous pool, endless pool with the mountain, you know, and there's this pretty couch that was sitting right there. And I remember thinking to myself, I wonder when was the last time they sat down on that couch, eat with each other with a cup of coffee and just enjoyed being husband and wife. When was the last time they just giggled and talked and nurtured their marriage? They're so busy going here and there, living to have this aspiration that their marriage was suffering for it. And I remember thinking to myself, if I was married, give me that couch and a little bit of the apartment so that I can sit with my husband and enjoy my relationship with what God gave me. I don't need a big mansion to make me happy. Give me my husband, if I had one. Maybe that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I, you know, but man, we, we want, and we want, and we want, and we want, and they never realized that they were living for that house. And then guess what? A year later, it was wiped from underneath them, because the housing industry crashed, and they lost it all. Oh. Don't live for what's around the corner. What's around the corner is not going to make you happy. It'll have its own trials attached to it. Be happy with what you have. If you have a spouse and a family and you have Jesus, you have Jesus, you have joy for everything. Let's quit trying to feel like the world that we have to have it all. No, we have Jesus, which gives us everything. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Number two temptation in, um, for the lack of reward. Number two is the shiny things, the allure of constant distraction. How many distractions do we have in our life today? Has anybody ever just got up in the morning and go, okay, this is my God time. You just sit down. You know, we always have our phone with us, and all of a sudden you go, bling, bling, those little notifications happen. You're like, oh, what do they say on Facebook? Next thing you know, you're looking and looking, and you're distracted, right? Why? Because the allure, the shiny things are pulling us away from, we know what we need to do right. Maybe I should be investing in my marriage right now. Maybe I should be reading a marriage book, maybe a devotional book. Maybe I should be spending time with my children. I know what I need to do to change this season, but I'm too distracted with the shiny things that are pulling me away. Amen? We're too distracted, and God wants us to hone in. How many of you ever been watching on your Netflix, and all of a sudden a show says 99% kind of movie you'd like. You'd be like, that's the will of God. I've got to watch that right now. It's not 70%, it's 99% the movie I would like, right? Can pull us away from distractions. Now, is that fun to do? Yeah. I like series, all of that, but we have to know when. Am I being distracted in this season that God wants me to focus on? Focus on 
disciplining myself, whatever it is. Maybe your health is suffering. No, everything else is going away. I'm getting my health in order. I'm disciplining myself, right? There's times where God calls us to, hey, I put you here to get your attention, amen? But we want to ignore the attention and we want to do what's comfortable to us. And God's saying, no, adjust in this season. Don't be distracted by the shiny things. Why? Because the shiny things are like putting a carrot in front of a donkey. They're going to chase it the whole time. And you're going to be deceived that if you ever got it, it would make you happy and it would end up void in your life. You'll be fooled by the shiny things. Amen. How many's ever been fooled by the shiny things? Say amen. Okay, so nobody feels guilty in here, right? We've all been distracted by the shiny things. The third one is the one I think is the most important this morning. It's called the towel. The allure, the temptation to quit. The temptation to quit. Whatever trial you're going through, it is so easy to want to throw in the towel isn't it? It's so easy to want to quit and get out of the situation. Nobody likes to be uncomfortable. Nobody likes pain. We don't like difficult situations, do we? If my marriage is going through it, I've tried everything. I don't want to do it anymore. We just throw in the towel and we walk away from it. And there probably are some marriages that need to, you need to walk away from. They're damaging. But I'm talking about the ones where the enemy just got in, where the enemies just kind of wrestled some things up. We can't throw in the towel with our marriage. Go all the way. Do what it takes to save that marriage, amen? Do the counseling, the Christian counseling. Get the books. Pray together. Do whatever it takes. Don't throw in the towel and quit because there's something. I'm telling you, the devil tried to destroy my parents' marriage when I was four. My brother was four. I was five. They divorced each other. They left each other. It was over. And look at the destinies, the lives, the peoples, the thousands of lives transformed. If the devil would have destroyed that marriage, I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to fight for them, amen? Unless they're beating you and it's abusive and, and they're all of that, obviously. But I'm talking about a marriage we're saving. Don't throw in the towel. God has something in it, amen? You can find joy in it. Get your finances together. We talked about that. I know when you say you want to get your money together, how many know a bill shows up in, in the next day in the mail? You're like, what? I just decided to get out of debt. Or your dog gets sick, right? I'm such a compassionate dog owner now. There was a day I'd be like, that's crazy. I love dogs, animals, you know. We'll spend money on them. Or your kids get sick. And then you go, I'm throwing it. Forget it. We're going to Red Lobster tonight, everybody. Pack it up. Order whatever you want. Why? Because I'm tired of budgeting. Every time I try, it doesn't work anyway. We want to throw in the towel, don't we? Don't throw in the towel. Stay the course. Amen? Some people get fed up with Christianity. Christians, they get offended and hurt and disappointed in the church, and they throw in the towel. You know how many wounded Christians are out not going to church anywhere today that I believe the Lord is giving the clarion call and bringing them back home? I believe that, but maybe you feel that you're not appreciated or you're not making much of a difference or it's too hard. Don't throw in the towel. My encouragement for you today is wherever you've dropped the towel, let's pick it up, wipe your sweat off, amen, and get back in the grind. Get back in it. See, I'm going to show up at my job, and I'm going to love my job on Tuesday. I got Monday off to be cranky, but Tuesday, I'm going to show up. Amen? I'm going to get back in the game with my marriage. I'm going to get back in the game with my finance. I'm going to start serving where I dropped off serving. I'm going to get back in that place where the devil tried to get me to throw in the towel, and I'm going to do all things through Christ Jesus because he gives me the strength to do it. Amen? Something I want to share with you this morning is that when you are following God, what happens is your selfish passion, I want to get this out clearly, your selfish passion is about us, right? When it's all about your passion and what you want, and it ends up empty. 
But when you're following Christ, and we talked about whatever I do, I'm going to do it to the glory of God, what happens? Now I enter into selfless purpose. So I want you to get this. We were living in selfish passion. I need this passion for what's around the corner. What's next? What's going to make me happy? And we end up unhappy. But when you do it for the glory of God, now I've got selfless purpose. And when you're living in the purpose of the moment, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. There's purpose. Now I know the why, right? I know why God's grooming me, God's disciplining me, God's challenging me. Now I wake up with purpose. And when you have purpose, what follows? Passion. When you have selfless purpose, passion always follows purpose. And it's the passion of God. You can wake up in your dilemma and have passion. You can wake up in your dilemma and say, I'm going at this thing. I'm going to go at it until I can knock it down, right? I've got purpose in the season of Christ. And when you know there's purpose, you have joy to get through the situation, amen? Passion always follows purpose. So instead of waking up and saying, I'm going to live today for what's going to make me happy, Now I'm saying, God, I'm going to wake up today and live for what makes you happy. I'm going to invite God's purpose into my life instead of my own purpose into my agenda. That way God can begin to change and shift the situation of my life. Amen? You have to understand, even Paul was a normal man, wasn't he? He was a normal man. He lived a normal life, and God called on him. If you study a little bit about him, we know that he met uh, in the Bible Priscilla and Aquila. He followed them around, and do you know that he started a tent business with them? So there, he was a missionary. There was normal things about Paul that we almost make these people superheroes and forget that they're just humans. We don't know if he had a passion to do something else, to paint or art. We don't know. We don't hear about it. We just know he was selfless. He denied it all to follow Jesus Christ. Amen? Greatest example. In Acts 20, verse 24, it says this. However, this was Paul again. I consider my life worth nothing to me. Worth nothing. All this stuff I'm going through, it means nothing to me. I'm not going to let it overwhelm me. I'm not going to let imprisonment being beat, none of that's going to overwhelm me. My only aim is to what? Finish the race. That's all I want to do, God. I want to finish this race on earth. I want to know when I get to heaven, who's going there with me? Who's following me in the pearly gates because I shared your love? I gave love away. I gave hope away. I was learning to live a selfless life during the selfless series in 2019, amen? And because of that, all of heaven was filled. Heaven was filled with people because you lived a selfless life. He said, my only aim is to finish the race, complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of what? God's grace. God's grace is sufficient for you today, amen? I want to encourage you, whatever you're doing, whether it's big, boring, small, insignificant, do it for the glory of God. Whatever it is, And it may seem so beneath you, but do it for God. Because I'm here to tell you this morning, God sees you. And what God sees you in secret, what does he do? He says, I'll reward you openly. So don't be ashamed of the season you're in. Don't be ashamed of what moment that you're living in. We all have moments, amen? We've all been through the refiner's fire. We've all had poor choices. But God is in the middle of them all, amen? But God is in the middle of them all. What seems ordinary can become extraordinary because God's purpose is now attached to it. 
God can shift it. It's all about perspective, isn't it? It's all about his perspective. Whatever I do, I'm going to do for the glory of God. Amen? Go ahead and close your eyes this morning. Father, I thank you for this amazing church. And I thank you, God, that you are greater than anything that they are facing today. And I want you just to get in your heart, your mind, just bring to the forefront that thing that you're in the middle of right now, whatever that struggle is, whatever it is you're facing, and it seems so much bigger than you. We're going to invite Jesus into that situation right now. We're going to invite his grace into that situation. Lord, we're not going to strip off and try to get out of it. We're not going to try to wiggle out of it, but we're going to rejoice in it, Father God. So, Lord, I just stand with them right now. Whatever situation they find themselves in, Lord, we release your grace, grace into it right now, into their marriages, their finances, God, their relationships, friendships. Father God, if there's any dissension in the workplace, Father God, we drive that out in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're not going to wrestle with you any longer. We're not going to be ashamed of the season that we're in, Father God. We're not going to abandon the season that we're in, but we're going to embrace it, God, and know that all things work together for good for those who are called according to your purpose. I just hear the Lord say that all things work together for good to the glory of God. God is going to turn this situation around. God is going to reroute it. God is going to release miracles into it in the name of Jesus. The Lord has his hand upon you and in this situation, and I just feel strongly there's a, a couple that are here that are really facing something, and the Lord is saying, I am with you. I am with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And I hear the Lord say, I'm going to work a miracle in some situations in your life, but stay at peace. Don't make any sudden decisions. Don't make any quick, rash decisions, I hear the Lord say, just rest. Just rest. And allow his peace to cover the situation, and the Lord will work it all out in your life. He sees you. He knows you. I hear the Lord say that some of you have so many desires. The Lord says he knows your desires. He knew them before you were even created. He already wrote them in a book about you, but rest in the process. Trust the season, trust the process. And don't get ahead of the Lord, don't get ahead of the Lord. Just rest. God says, I will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Father God. There may be people here this morning that need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're away from the Lord. Maybe you just need to confess some sins today and that's okay. And maybe you just need to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you've never met him before. You need to open up your heart and invite Jesus in today. I'm going to have everyone say this prayer after me this morning. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. Be the Lord and be the Savior of every area of my life. I receive your grace and your mercy in Jesus' name. With all eyes still closed, if you said that prayer this morning, you meant it with all of your heart, just lift your hands up all over this room. Maybe the first time, thank you for the hand. Second time, thank you, thank you, thank you. Even have some teenagers raising their hands this morning. Over here, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Getting some things right, I see that. 
Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning.